Hey gang, welcome back to the Ransomed Heart Podcast, part two, actually. Uh, if you missed last week's, we began a conversation about what to do when your story stalls or when you feel stuck in your story or which doesn't seem like things are going on or you don't like your life or however you want to kind of name that. And with me again for part two here is Alan Arnold and, and our dear pal Sam Ainsley. We were just kind of sharing some personal stories and pick up with a story this week uh, for me. When the theater thing blew up, I really lost heart. I really lost heart. And I made some pretty deep agreements. And some of the agreements went along the lines of, your dreams don't really matter. You just got to get the, get it done. Just get it, get something going, right? It's not, not really about passion, desire, heart. Like, the world doesn't care about that stuff. And, and that's, that, that part's actually pretty true. You know, the world doesn't really care about your heart. Right. Uh, just get something going. And so I took a job in Washington, D.C. And for the first year, it was pretty thrilling. You know, I was going to the Supreme Court, for heaven's sakes. And I was actually was having lunch in the White House. And, you know, there was, there was some pretty sexy things going on in that world for me, you know, in terms of like, wow, that's an amazing, you know, opportunity for a young man, late 20s, early 30s. You know, and people were saying to me, you know, all that affirmation, man, you're really a rising star in, in this area. That worked for a while. Kind of the excitement worked for a while. And then the excitement wore off. And it was just, this is what I do for a living. And I woke up one day to realize I was incredibly unhappy. I don't like what I do for a living. I mean, I literally woke up and, and went, how did I get here? <laughs> like, <laughs> whoa, what wrong turn did I take on what freeway that wound me up in this story? This is not the story I planned on, and I don't like this story, and... That was a big, 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 big moment for me. And I was talking to a colleague about my unhappiness. And God bless him, Randy, wherever you are today, I, I hope you hear this. He asked me the simplest question. He says, hey, John, he says, when you go into bookstores, you read books about politics? Is that kind of the government, you know, social policy and analysis, is that stuff you read? And, and I didn't know where he was headed, so I was able to answer really honestly. And I kind of laughed. And I'm like, oh, no, man, I hate that stuff. I, it's like, I, I don't. Like, I read stuff on the soul. You know, I read stuff about the heart and the soul and God's, you know, working in human lives. And, and he just looked at me and he went, dude, you are in the wrong line of work. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was a good moment in my unhappiness to, to realize, yeah, I, I kind of took a wrong turn. And. I reached for security, right? I reached for security and I reached for affirmation and it worked for a while. And then I woke up one day and realized I don't like this story. I don't like my story. So, Alan, as a person who would fix stories, what do you say to that? Like, what would you say to someone who wakes up unhappy? First of all, I would say congratulations that you've woken up. There's an awakening because otherwise you'll continue in that slumber, and most people do for, I mean, sometimes for decades. Okay, hang on. You have to know this. You and Carl Jung, the famous early psychologist Carl Jung, Freud's disciple who then broke off with his own thing. Carl Jung, this famous story used to be told about him. If someone would show up at his door and say, guess what? I landed the job. I'm in. I scored. He would take them by the shoulder and he would say, 
I'm sorry, but we can get through this together. (laughs) And if somebody would show up at his door, tears and like everything's blown up, you know, whatever it is, you know, my kids blew up, my marriage is blown up. He would actually open a bottle of champagne. I like him. <laughs> I like this guy. Because he would say, yeah. now, right? right? I was right. German. Now, the good things can happen. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you were saying. Yeah, it is. And it's so true because think about Indiana Jones, okay? All of us have seen those movies. Yeah. The whip crack. And when he's on that rickety bridge and there's guys with swords coming at him from both sides and he's over a ravine that's you know, hundreds and hundreds of feet, can't jump off, rickety bridge, swaying back and forth, about to break. He's in the middle. These guys are coming on either end. As the viewer, we lean in. We know intuitively this is where it really gets good. This is awesome. When you're Indiana Jones, it feels anything but awesome. What I want to invite people into is in your own story, When it feels like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'm numb. My heart's numb. I feel stuck. My story has stalled. That's me. Like, rather than go into the fetal position and hunker down, if you can just go, actually, there's something God's doing here. That If people were watching my life as a movie, Mm. this is actually the turning point. Mm. This is where the music swells in the background. The character doesn't know it yet, but God knows it. And we as the viewers know it. That's what I would say to people hearing this. If you identify with this but feel you're stuck, that's the good part because now change is about to happen. And that change is what you've been waiting for. Mm. And it only comes with that heart awakening and saying, no more. Well, the change may not take place in circumstance. Right. First. Right. Which is how I think we think the change is going to come. Right? Exactly. It's the awareness is the first part. Sounds like what you guys are saying is that to be stuck means that you get to get unstuck. And that stuck's almost a form of crisis. It's not as immediate. And then that's where breakthrough can happen. It's almost like we have to get prepped. Because, Sam, when you, you know, when you were in that year, year and a half, right, you wanted to know what's next. Oh, yeah, it was painful. Painful because— I mean, even my Christian friends were saying, okay, so what's next? What's and particularly next? because when you maybe you've had some some wins and successes and done some pretty cool stuff and some high-profile stuff, there's even more pressure to, like, you got to come with something even better and bigger and better next time. And it just made it worse for me. Exactly. But you were asking, what's next? And that wasn't the question. And when the question changed to, how's my heart? that's when mm-hmm. good things began to happen. Oh, yeah. There were some things in the way first, and I had to go through some of those quiet, lonely, yep. self-contempt, um, shame parts. But once got through those things, and started moving out of the way, then going, what do I really want? What is important to me? Mm. What, what is true? Those aren't philosophical questions, man. That's, that's just everyday stuff that I was trying to sort out. And there were some tears. Yep. And it got to the point where, you know, I'm an exerciser, but I'd go for a run or a swim. I couldn't run far enough. I couldn't swim far enough. To get away. To get away. From what you were feeling. Yeah. 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 I mean, in Forrest Gump, when he's going for those runs, yeah. I wasn't running across America, but it was like, yeah. 
my medications weren't working anymore. Mm. And so I had to face this thing. And I didn't wake up one day and go, I don't like this. But it it took a while and a series of things Mm. to kind of go. Yeah. And first was just stop the pressure. Mm. Stop the pressure on myself. But to face it without having to go for a run or swim, because I wasn't taking care of it anymore, to face this, what's this pressure all about? To have to figure out what is next. It's huge. Because, gang, we all look for the circumstantial change to change the way we're feeling. If my circumstances change, if I get out of this job and get into the, you know, a better job, or if I can just you know, make, help everybody else realize, I know what my calling is, nobody else will uh, you know, help me make it happen, or whatever. You know. We look for the circumstantial change, right? And often God doesn't start there, right? Like Moses' change wasn't to change circumstances. You know, there were things that happened for him out there, tending sheep, and David's circumstances, you know, wasn't the first thing God dealt with, right? He came for his heart. That's really helpful, John, from the circumstances part. When I left my first boot camp, or I've seen other guys leave boot camps, and something gets awoken in you, and you start to get pieces of your heart back, you think you're supposed to go home and change your circumstances. Yeah. And that's not the deal. Yeah. God wants to do other things. Not every time, gang. I'm not saying sometimes he'll change your circumstances in order to get to your heart. He's not a formula player here. But Alan, wouldn't you say that that's oh, totally. the whole point when you were working with authors, you would literally pause the writing process yes. and you would go after their hearts. Right. Because that's where the issue is. And we would delay the story until the author awakened in a new way to what needed to happen with that character. And oftentimes, the very best stories are the ones where the author says, the character surprised me. Like, I didn't even think they were going to do that. Mm. But they started doing things differently in response Mm. to the crisis or in Mm. response to the situation at hand. You know who said that? C.S. Lewis. He didn't start the Narnian stories with Aslan. He said, Aslan came bounding into the story. If you're hearing this and you're wondering, how do I do it? That is the wrong place to start. It's really saying it's an expectancy toward God and seeing Aslan bound into your story. Your story is always too small if you have to make everything happen. And there's a great quote I want to read to you guys from our friend Dan Allender. He has a book called To Be Told. Subtitle is God Invites You to Co-Author Your Future. And this is early in the book, so he's really naming the problem at this point. He says, a plot without tension is a flat line. A life with no risk, no dips, is not a life. Life, by definition, involves tension. Even the couch potato, the average adult who watches hours of television every day, is drawn to tragedy and tension in the stories of others. And he goes on to say, tension is living in the gap between certainty and uncertainty. We always begin with what we know and are drawn to what we don't know. We are curious. We are wired to grow, and all growth stretches us beyond our comfort level. And then this is big. Comfort is the absence of tension. Growth requires a swim in murky, dangerous waters. We want adventure, but not without assurance that we will suffer no harm when we take risk. We want danger and excitement, but only as long as they come with the money-back guarantee, everything will work out before the game is finished. But life isn't like that. There are no safe risks, There's no growth that comes with a guarantee of success. Tension is the medium in which we breathe every day. Hmm. 
that's good to hold in that what we're saying is there is no guarantee or control element that you have that you can do everything a certain way and it will all be okay. And you really don't want that anyway. But I think where it gets exciting, like a good novel, like a good movie, is when you're walking with God into that murky unknown Mm -hmm. and you know he's with you, Mm -hmm. but you no longer are trying to live by formula or control or Mm -hmm. in the past. Mm. The indispensable role of God in this is just huge. You know, because again, we we reach for understanding, we reach for an answer, we try and fix it, and then we turn to God <laughs> when that stuff doesn't work, right? But to invite Him in, and and we're not, you know, we're not just going to say, "So, hey, everybody, enjoy that tension." <laughs> right. Hope you love swimming in that. Like uh, Dan's book, "To Be Told," uh, would be a great catalyst for you to get some clarity something that we have begun to use quite a bit now in our lives. And literally last night, we had some people over to our house who, you know, just to say hello, but one thing leads to another, and suddenly we're in some tears and some disappointment on their behalf. And one of the spouses was feeling incredibly stuck, and I didn't know what the answer was. You know, I've counseled thousands of people. I don't know. I don't know what God's up to in your life at this moment. Let's ask. Let's ask. And and here's the prayer. Let there be light. Let there be light. It's the first command in Scripture. And by the way, it's fascinating, gang. Um, when God says, let there be light, he hasn't made the sun yet. So he's not talking about sunlight. He's talking about heavenly light, divine light, presence of God light. I'd start there. Let there be light. God, let there be light in my story. Why am I stuck? What are you doing here? I don't even know what I'm feeling right now. Let there be light, right? To just begin the process of inviting the light of God, presence of God, the light of heaven into our lives, and and literally even praying that so that we do get some light. We we do begin to not just live in, in uncertainty and darkness in this, but say, okay, Lord, you sure got my attention. Uh, what are we doing now? Well, in every case, you know, we were talking about in the Bible, Moses and and David and other characters, people who had lived great lives once they got unstuck. But in all those cases, their stories became much larger. What we're inviting people into with God is a much larger story, a story beyond your control. It's going to be messy. I mm-hmm. think that's probably important to name, like when you step into this larger story with God, mm. it's it is messy because you don't control it. Mm. And there is no formula. Mm. And you have to walk with him. And he says, go left, you go left and go right and you go right. So it's intimacy and adventure on a scale that is exciting. And it's it's sure not stuck anymore and it's sure not stalled. But you don't always know what those next chapters will hold. And I think that's part of the beauty of what we're inviting people into. Well, and I can hear folks saying, well, I'm asking. I'm asking, and I'm not hearing anything. And I want to suggest that maybe that's the point, that God will often uh, stall things or allow things to get stalled. I don't think he throws all this stuff at it. Sometimes it's just life. Sometimes your boss just doesn't like you. and You know, it's just stuff, right? But God will use it. And if the first issue is, well, I can't hear him, 
I can't hear him. I don't know what he's saying. Well, that's gold. That's huge. Like, you don't want to live another 10 years there. Like, he wants to address that. Well, then why not? Why not? And maybe you need to take that question to your priest or your pastor, your counselor, or a trusted friend and say, I'm having a hard time finding God. And that's gold because recovering your relationship and and how he's speaking to you, that's going to matter for everything else that's coming. I hear the frustration. I know a lot of people express it. Oh, you seem to hear God so easily. I don't hear like that. Go, well, hang on. Hang on. Why not? Why not? What's in the way? Let's let's go there versus let's fix the job problem or or the marriage problem or the, you know, let's go there first because that's probably what God wants to work on. So Sam, uh, just going back to your story for a minute and that stuck place, which lasted for a long time, you know, it was more than a year, right? Kind of a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I remember, oh, the pull to chase this or that, but what changed? Once the pressure to get an answer right away or some kind of big immediate breakthrough once I removed that pressure, then I could start to hear better from friends, songs, messages, different ways that God was trying to speak to me. Once I started to be in a position to receive some of that stuff, then I started to have the conversations about what is important to me? What is my real heart mm. want? And what would I go find in that in that bookstore, yeah. uh, what would I pick up? Yeah. And then that gave me clarity on the choices that were being put in front of me. Yeah. Because I was starting to get choices again that started to go back to some of these other things that were kind of cool and most people oh, go, oh, your, yeah. your old world was calling back. You yep. Know? Yeah, and I bid on a few of those things and was like gone, it didn't work anymore. Yeah. It didn't fit with my new self. Uh, it didn't work. And I thought, <laughs> at first, like, wait a minute, this used to be really cool to me. Yeah. And anybody else would go, well, you get to do what? And, yeah. I, and I didn't like it. That is such a huge sense. It didn't fit with my new self. Like, gang, that's, that's just really big. And that's what took me out of D.C. Uh, I just couldn't do it anymore. Like, I just couldn't fake it and be the person I was because I had left that person behind and I couldn't be true. Now, hang on. I, I'm not saying you leave your marriage, folks. I'm not, I'm not saying that kind of sabotage because now you found yourself. I, I've heard people you know, use that excuse. But we are saying there's some clarity that comes, right. especially once you took the pressure off. Right. I don't know if you all were tracking with us this summer I actually took a, took a break from from our own podcast this summer, but Alan uh, went back into the archives and pulled out a phenomenal series uh, with Craig McConnell on interpretation and just different keys to let there be light, like different keys to interpretation, right? John, that was a big piece for me at the end of this past summer. At first, I just loved hearing Craig's voice again. And I'd listened to this before, darn it. It was about how do I interpret the things that are happening to me? And that was the piece that I was missing because I was going, Wait a minute. How, how do I look at this? How do I look at, you know, th- what's happening here and there? And, and to be able to, my God, into that part yeah. and say, help me interpret this. Yeah. 
because I'm not so sure I am doing it. Yeah. So we'd recommend that, gang. We'd say, go back and, and pick up the Interpretation Series podcast. Alan, you were uh, giving a shout out to Dan's book. Yep. To be told. Uh, really, for me, when I read this probably, I don't know, eight years ago, just opened my eyes to, as a story lover, to start seeing my own life in ways of story. And Ransomed Heart and John helped me with that. And this book from Dan Allender is another great book, To Be Told. Check it out. It's a quick read, but man, it's a powerful one. We were talking about Walking with God, yes, a book and an audio series um, to just help maybe recover some of the conversation. And it will take you through a number of different circumstances of like, what's it like to hear God in this? And what's it like to hear God in that? And um, that would probably be a helpful thing too. I think those three things are a good place to point our folks. And John, just one last thing I'd like to add is when stories stall, people get desperate because they know they want change. Their heart's starting to awaken and stir and and they want a quick change. This was mentioned earlier as Sam told his story, but be careful when your story stalls not to look for an immediate open door. I mean, for one thing, we've discussed how the enemy knows how to open doors sure. of distraction. Um, and a lot of times, a closed door, God's trying to train you up as a son or daughter how to open a closed door with him. Mm-hmm. And so don't be in a hurry to fix things, but just simply be expectant on what God's going to do with you. We hope this has been helpful, gang. Uh, we sure enjoyed having the conversation with you. Uh, second part of a series here on what to do when your story feels stuck with Alan Arnold, Sam Ainsley, John Eldridge. Thanks for listening to the Ransom Tart Podcast. <laughs>